Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, we're in part five in our conversation. We hope you enjoy. I love how just straight up and like, it's like we're talking about basketball, you know, when we're talking right now. Like, I love that. But like, I think the hard part for a lot of us, because you you say those things so, so smoothly and easily, but the reality is for so many of us, it's so complicated and there's so much toxic shame around it, especially, well, maybe not even especially, maybe just regardless of religion or irreligion, but like, mm-hmm. I was going to say, especially in the church. Yeah. It's outside the church too, though. You're right. It's outside the church too. Cause I mean, sex is everywhere, but it's funny that when you're with people, they don't really talk about it. They don't like, they don't talk, they don't like talk about, or, or not, not many people would talk about all the sexual things they're doing. So there's, so there's shame associated with so much of it. And it's like, how do you, cause you're right. Like we've got to be able to just talk about it. But I don't know, almost always, like I'm asking this genuinely for myself because I can't, there's probably only a few times in my life where those conversations have come up and it's genuinely been held and just, and like, we're just going to talk and we're going to be like, we're not going to freak out. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of either avoidance Kind of like the story you in your story, I would call it sounds like avoidance, like just, hey, you know, don't do it and let's not talk about it again. <laughs> like, keep that to yourself. Or it's like, okay, we got to like come down hard and like basically tell you how much of a piece of crap you are. Um, it's just complicated in practice. It's so, it is. You're right. And you're, but you're, you're, you're 100% on to the, the reality of the toxic shame that sort of holds us back from talking about it. And the antidote to the toxic shame is not, is not like it, it's, it's, it's incremental. In other words, I don't think we, it, we, we're not just going to like, boom, everything's just going to come into the light that that happens every once in a while. And it's, if it does happen where everything that you, you know, like if God ripped the curtain back from all of your secrets in one day, right? Like be that would much. be that. Yeah. Be too much. You'd, you'd, cr- you'd be crushed underneath that. And so the toxic shame, we've used it to protect ourselves. And in some ways, um, and, it, and it works, right? Because we, we just keep everything on lockdown. Um, but I think what, you know, what's important is that we, that we guys like you, the two of you and me, um, are regularly inviting people to um, to just 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 say more, say a little bit more. Like you don't have to t- tell it all right now, but what what is what's something like? Like can you move the needle just one degree? You know, and and I think the movement from toxic shame into what I call healthy shame is a really important thing um, because healthy shame is basically you saying like. Um, you, you have a fe- the feeling in your body that like, this is not right. <laughs> like there's something wrong. There's something wrong with me. And the truth is there is something wrong with you. That's true. Like that's true for everybody. Like there's a lot right with you too. Okay. Like there's a lot right with you and there's so much good and, tr- and, tr- and truth and beauty in inside of you because you're made in the image of God. But there's also the fall. There, that's a real thing. And so because of the fall, 
there's some inadequacies that we bring to the table. There's some hiding that we've all been doing from the beginning of our lives. And so it's okay for you to feel shame. And, and if we can be more okay with healthy shame rather than this toxic shame, the toxic shame is what's so, is what's so debilitating because it basically says it's not just like, Hey, you've got some things, you've got some broken parts or you, you're, you're broken and that's okay. It's like you're a piece of crap and, and there's no, and there's no coming back. And you're, you might as well just, that's what I was feeling in that hotel room. It was the, it was the overwhelming, debilitating, deadly poison of toxic shame. And I almost drank the whole cup. And, and what we've got to see is that maybe there's a move away from just that, that space into what I call healthy shame. And if we're in healthy shame, maybe we don't have to tell it all at one time, but we can at least just acknowledge that we're, it, it's a pretty level playing field and that everybody's dealing with it. And so guys like you and me, if we can enter into healthy shame in ourselves and admit, and I can tell my story, I didn't tell that story just a few minutes ago without feeling shame. I felt shame. I wasn't shameless. It wasn't like, yeah, oh, this happened and it's great and I'm cool and everything's great. I, I felt sad. I felt thinking of the, I was remembering the car I was sitting in as I was talking when I first, the, the second time I talked to my dad, I can remember exactly where we were when we had that conversation and he shut it down. And I, and I, and I, I can remember, I also can remember the cubicle I was sitting in when I was looking at porn and at my job in Northern Virginia. Like I, I remembered it. And I remember going into my boss's office thinking I was getting fired for sending explicit emails to a coworker. I can remember that. And all of that came in my mind as I was telling you. And that wasn't toxic shame though. In that moment, it was just me humbly saying like, this is who I am. And, and, and I'm sad about that. That, that, that all that happened and it hurt my wife and it hurt me and it hurt my, it, it, it hurt a lot of people. I objectify, I've, I, I still I objectify women sometimes and that's wrong. And that's what I was doing. And I feel shame for that. And, and, and I, as I'm telling you, even I can feel tears like right here, right. As I say that out loud, because it's so true, it's so real, but it, and it's humbling. But if I can model the way, of being honest about that and knowing how to feel shame and accepting the shame rather than this debilitating toxic shame that would keep me on lockdown that says I can never tell you the whole story. Then which is different than shamelessness, right? It's, it's a healthy shame. If we can make that move from toxic shame to healthy shame, I think that helps us keep, keep the conversations going. So if you can model that, then you can invite those guys that you care about and you love that you're advocating for. They can keep talking and telling their stories and they may just tell a little bit at a time, but that's the way it works. Healthy shame works incrementally because humility doesn't come overnight. <laughs> and that's the path to hum. That's the path to humility and asking for help, right? Like you don't go to AA the first time and just tell all your shit. Like you go there the first time and you're like, I just need help. I just need help. I'm here admitting I need, I can't do this alone. And that's the first step. And that, that to me means it's, it's a, it's a lot of steps before you get to the place of like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm now humbly admitting and making amends for now, all of this. And, and that that's healthy shame. And it's, it, it kind of gives, it gives a lot of 
I guess, credence to the, the statement is that if we're going to be on a journey to remember our story, because there's parts of our story we don't That's remember, so but we, but we are not going to be able to be, to health, to own our story and know it backwards and forwards and see how God used his grace to forgive us and love us through those difficult times. If we don't talk about it. And if we have toxic shame, which everybody struggles with, then we're not, we're going to avoid some of the most beautiful parts of our story, which are at least in my, in, in my story, the most beautiful parts of my story are often either right before or right after some of the darkest parts. So if I ignore those dark parts, I'm not going to be able to see the be- most beautiful parts of my story. And so it's, it, and it's not like I'm not, I am probably not still, I'm not, I know I'm not fully aware of my entire story yet. And it's just something I have to constantly be working on. But that means that means I have to be able to go back to the dark, scary parts of, of my story. And that's the, I think that's what I'm hearing you say is like, we have to be able to be that constant for the people we care about if someone shares just a little bit more. So it's kind of, it's taking what you, what was told to you say, thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. I still love that. That's exactly right. And the more space you can create for that kind of healthy shame to take its, to, to, to do its work, which is God's design. Emotionally, healthy shame is designed to help us continue to cultivate humility in our lives. And the more humility we can create, the more dependent we become on God and, and the more, um, the more willing we are to, to stay with the process, knowing that he owns the process of change. And so we stay with that process as we can, you know, again, tell parts of our story. The other thing is trauma, any, even the trauma in anybody's story, trauma is only healed through the telling of the retelling of the story. And, and the, the greatest trauma therapists out there would be ones that help you tell your story and tell your story again and tell your story again and tell your story again, because you remember more every time. And in that process of remembering is also the process, as we said, of recovery. That's how you stay in recovery is you keep remembering. Doesn't mean you do that all day, every day, obviously. With everybody. With everybody all the time, right? Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. but, you, but you do, you do stay in a posture in your soul, a posture of like a willingness, kind of a curiosity, I think is the word you said, a curiosity of maybe what, maybe there's a new memory that may come today that will help me on my path of towards humility. And I might feel some shame around that, but I can talk about it because Austin is my friend and he's created a safe place for me to share that part of my story. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back with a new conversation soon. We'll see you then.